Well, welcome to the Everyone Walks With Someone podcast. I'm your host, Jared Piney. The Everyone Walks With Someone podcast is really all about learning best practices to be better followers of Jesus by walking alongside others. Now, so many questions of how this comes up. Why are we called to walk alongside others? How do we do it? What guardrails are important? What can trip us up? You know, the best way to learn is to hear from others who've done it and hear from their experiences. Well, today we've got a great episode for you as we begin chatting with Rodney Elliott. Rodney is the executive pastor at Pathway Church in Wichita, Kansas, and he's actually a farmer. He's led a small group ministry. He has been a campus pastor. So here we go. Rodney, it's great to have you with us. Man, I didn't even know I've done all that stuff. That's yeah. pretty cool, man. It's great to be here. There you go. You do a lot, right? I, I guess I yeah, have. That's you need to go back awesome. and tell your wife that you do a lot and you need to be rewarded she, more. I don't know. It's just on paper. It looks like <laughs> a lot, right? Ah, there we go. Well, before you kind of share with us, I'd love to hear a quick story of just someone who's walked with you. I, I've heard stories that maybe you've been a knucklehead in the past or, or maybe that's just myself. And so I know there's been others that have walked with you and helped you out, but I thought we'd start there. So what's the story of someone walking with you? Well, I was a complete knucklehead until people started walking <laughs> yes. with me. But um, when my wife, Jenny, and I came here to Pathway Church, um, I was a farmer at the time, and we got plugged in to a small group. And it's hard to point at one. I will point at one person, but there was really a group of people who really did like show me what it means to follow Jesus. And I really didn't have an idea as a young married man. I'd only seen yeah. my dad do it. And I was like, I probably can't do it that way. And so uh, Kevin Schneider, a guy who's actually passed away, um, he, had, he, he got uh, severe cancer probably about, it's been about seven or eight years ago now. But man, I mean, he poured time into me. He would, when I'd encounter things I didn't know what to do, I could call him, talk to him anytime. Yeah. And he really showed me what it looked like to follow Jesus. So, man, that's it's good to hear. And, and even what you said is the time, but then you had someone that you weren't isolated when things didn't go well, or even when they did, he probably celebrated. You had someone to talk to. Yeah, he was always there and he was always open about his failures and flaws. He was very authentic. Yeah. And so he really, when, when you talk about walking alongside, he wasn't out in front, he wasn't yeah. behind, he was right there. And that's, whenever we talk about that here at Pathway, I always think about Kevin. Yeah, no, that's good. Thanks for sharing that. Well, yeah. what we heard from Todd Hutchison last episode is we began to look at the values we strive to uphold as we walk alongside people. You know, as a church, we've identified these four different values when walking with others, and we dove into the first two with Hutch. Today, we're going to dig into the last two. The first one we'll look at is living life with people who don't know Jesus. Then we're going to dig into the value of trusting God for the outcome. Rodney, so let's dig into this first value today. Here's the question. Why is being intentional to live with people who don't know Jesus important? Why, why is that important? Well, when you think about that, I think as you become a Christian, sometimes you can become very isolated. And the longer you are a Christian, the more you're isolated. And actually, the heart of God is really for people who are lost. Yeah. And when we say lost, what we really mean is people who are disconnected from God in some way. Maybe they've followed, maybe they know who Jesus is, they followed him, but they're disconnected. Or they've never known who God is. They really haven't never had a relationship with him. They've never been exposed to the gospel. They've never seen anyone who follows it. Yeah. And so we get that from Luke 15, where we see in Luke 15, we see three stories of lost things. There's a lost sheep, yeah. 
there's a lost coin, and then there's a lost son. And through these stories, we really see the heart of God. And it is impossible to follow Jesus with really out us having a heart transplant. And so when we live that out and we're with people who don't know Jesus and we're following Jesus, that really is the heart of God. And one of my favorite verses when we talk about this is a familiar verse, but sometimes we don't think about this is what this verse really means as we, we read it in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. And Jesus said this, and I want you to think about this as we think about the heart of God, as we think about shining our light is what it's going to talk about in the midst of people who don't know Jesus. And Jesus said this, he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Everyone. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so as we follow Jesus, part of living our lives with people who don't know Jesus is God puts our lives on display, and it is the only way that many times people can experience Jesus is through a follower of Jesus's lives. That's how that's how God works. That's how the early church worked. That's how uh, the message of Jesus has spread throughout the centuries. No, that's good. It gets me thinking that if if the heart of God and even the actions we see in Luke 15, it's right. It's not just the the lost son, the lost coin. It's it's action to go out and find them and to celebrate. What happens if followers of Jesus, they don't follow that heart and they're more about the holy huddle and it's the isolation and they're just around Christians and believers and that's all of their time. What what tends to happen from that? I think we become more consumer driven in our faith. And so our faith isn't even about God at that point. It is about us and our comfort. And so as it gets more ingrown, it's kind of like an ingrown toenail. It's actually really painful, and but nobody can see how painful it is because it's covered up most of the time. Yeah. And we become these consumers that we're sick and we don't really know what's making us sick. We tend to want fed more. We want more things. We, we, we're like our faith, there's something wrong, but we're not sure what it is. And it's because we're really not living out what Jesus has really designed us to live out, and that is to be that light to the world, to people who don't know him. And like you just said, seeking after the lost. And that's what Jesus did is he was out there with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go through and read about Jesus's life in the New Testament without seeing his heart for the lost and and how he led other people to find the lost and him himself. You know, I got this question. I think a lot of people feel unqualified. They, they feel like um, they're not able to go out and to walk with others or shine a light. That's somebody else's job, responsibility. God didn't gift them that way. So kind of the question is, what if someone says, I don't have the gift of evangelism and I don't know a lot about the Bible. I, I don't feel qualified. What would you say to someone that kind of feels that way? I have many people tell me that. Yeah. And not just many people tell me that I feel that. Sure. So when I when I tell people I feel the same way, you know, I think they feel like because you maybe know more about the Bible that if I just know more. So if I knew the Bible better, 
if if I mature in my faith, and what most people mean by that is I've memorized maybe 75 Bible verses or something. Yeah. Somebody told me that if I just had it memorized, <laughs> I could do it. But we don't see that in the scriptures at all. In fact, what we see is a group of people who went out there and shined their light amongst people who didn't know Jesus. And you think about what they didn't have. They didn't have a written New Testament. Yeah. So they didn't have the things we have. They didn't have that bound Bible. Mm -hmm. They didn't have evangelism training classes. They didn't have all this. But what they did have is the gift that Jesus said he would give to them when they left, and that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so in Acts 1.8, you know, we see that what happens is, is when the early church received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's think about this. What did they know? They had the Old Testament scriptures that really pointed to Jesus. They had seen Jesus's miracles. He'd proved he was the Son of God. They watched his death burial, and then his resurrection. Yeah. And so that's what they had. And then Jesus gave them the Great Commission and said, go spread this. And he said, if you wait, the Holy Spirit will come and he will give you the words and you will receive that power. And so I, whenever I read that, I get inspired because they believed him. And then they just went out and they trusted God. Some of it is about our trust and to understand that the power of the Holy Spirit lives in us. So when we believe in Jesus, when we have accepted him, the scriptures say we receive the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We're all equipped whether we want to know or not. And what we're required to do at that point is to go out there, live lives with people who don't know Jesus, and simply share what Jesus has done in our lives, what we do know. And then really, like the scripture said that we read earlier, like, to serve people, to love people as Jesus has loved us. And it really is that simple. But a lot of times we've made it more into a book report rather than uh, a lifestyle. Good. Yeah, you which know? Is, shows the difference of how, you know, kind of the apprentice teaching. Like when you're an apprentice for an electrician or those, it's you're learning from someone to an action and they're watching you or kind of our culture now and in church, but even in schools, it's, it is book reports. It's information transfer. It's not the going out and doing action. Let me ask you this. If someone doesn't feel qualified and, and, and they just heard you and they're like, Rodney, I, I hear you. It sounds good. I agree. How do I get started? Like what's a step for them to start leaning in on this? Well, I think in some ways it, it has to do with seeing people. You know, I thought about this, that a lot of times we don't, you know, what the rest of the world, we don't notice people. Notice the people that are in your lives who don't know Jesus and just simply start loving them. And so you'll have opportunities to share with them, but serve them. If they have needs, meet them. That's what the early church did. Yeah. They saw a need and they went and met it. And so a lot of times what um, we've talked about inside of our small group and I'll give credit to, to a guy that's in our group, Jeremy Caffrey. He said this one night, and I thought it was spot on. Yeah. Is He said, I think God is just calling me to do the obvious. And he's like, what I find is every single day, there's something obvious. There's a person that it's obvious that he's called me to reach out to and love. And so he's like, it can be a conversation, it can be a text message, it could be take them to lunch. And so he's like, it's nothing like crazy, you got a game plan, 
It's just what does God put in front of you that's obvious each and every day, and then be obedient, you know? And the Holy Spirit will tell you, a lot of times we're like, that's not the Holy Spirit. And I'm always like, yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> if it's obvious and you feel an urge to go do it, it's like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's like, there it is right there. Yeah. You know, on the the idea of qualification, so I can come across this a little bit more naturally, some with just talking to people and opening up conversations. When I begin to walk with other people, that's when I start to feel unqualified because of just people are messy. And so some of the situations and, and conversations and experience that they have, they need to get out. I'm like, I don't know how to help. So for me, that's what drives me into the Holy Spirit. I, I know I can't figure out the right words or actions to help them out. But if I can lean in on God, that I can trust that Holy Spirit, even in the moment to give me the right, just the feelings to portray to them and the words to have. You know, I think the one thing you said that I think we all feel it makes us unqualified, feel unqualified, yep. is that we think when we see another human being, God's put us there to solve the problem. Oh, yeah. And he's not called us to solve the problem. He's called us to love the person and to share with the person, be obedient to what you see. Because the reality is, is a lot of problems in this world, they're not so easily solved and you're definitely not going to solve them in a day. And so just try to find a way to encourage the person as opposed to solve their problem, to serve them, to love them. That's really what Jesus calls us to do. And those things are more obvious. Yeah. You know, those things are more obvious. I can, I can give someone food that's hungry, but it's like, how am I going to figure out how to get them a job to uh, find them a house, all these things? It's like, if they're hungry... Start by feeding them, you know, don't make it complex. And it really, when those things happen, it, we talk ourselves out of engaging with people because we're like playing this thing out over six months. It's like, no, today, just do today. First step. Yeah, no, that's good. So as we continue to look at this value of living life with those that don't know Jesus, some people are saying, well, I don't, I don't know anyone that doesn't know Jesus, right? My family, my workplace, my town, everyone must know Jesus. We, you know, it's kind of a, a lie that, uh, that we can hear and believe. So well, where do people go to, to begin to live life with those who don't know Jesus? Well, the people who don't know Jesus are everywhere, but I would say to think about it maybe differently because I think a lot of times you'll look at people and maybe they'll even say that they know Jesus or they've heard about Jesus. And uh, then we'll be like, wow, how do I judge if that's true or not? What I always look for more is in their lives, are they hurting and do they seem disconnected from God in some way? And when you see someone who is hurting who seems like they'd be receptive. And I don't know about you, but I have lots of hurting people. Like if I really think about it, I think about my kids' school. I think about my neighbors. I, I, I can just see hurting people. They've had a loss in their family. Um, there's a divorce that's happening. Someone's lost a job. You look for hurting people. And in reality, if you respond to those needs, you are going to connect with people who are disconnected from God. Yep. And I think also it's it's fair to say that there's many people who claim to be Christians in our culture who would say they are, but they're very disconnected from God. And so Jesus didn't look at the Jews who knew God as connected. He thought they needed something more. That's why he came, right? Yeah. 
And so a disconnection from God is something that you can look through. And then, you know, if you happen to love somebody that's already connected to God, God's okay with that too. So just go. Yeah, I think the the first part of that that statement of living life with, that's where it starts, right? If you're living yeah. life with them, then you begin to hear the hurts, the pains, the struggles, and and those things on how to help them out. And, you know, part of it in, in my life, I've considered myself a follower of Jesus uh, since I remember you know, age, age five, age six, but there was many times in my life that I was very disconnected. I, I would have identified as a Christian. I may have believed in God, but I wasn't following God. And I needed people to walk with me. And I went through, you know, three different seasons, many years in those that I didn't have anyone asking me those questions and helping to pull me back into God's plan. Yeah. And I think in, in your example, and I think for all of us, if we're all honest, we've all had moments where we felt very disconnected. Yeah. We can actually see it in other people because we've experienced it. And, you know, it's not for us to like, this is the person, you know, God, God decides I can't see the heart. And so it really is walking with people, but it's, it's everywhere around us. If we just kind of open our eyes and then we engage with people, like you said. And I, a lot of times when I go to like a ball game, T-ball game, just got done with T-ball season, you know? And, uh, man, when I'm sitting in the stands, sometimes I just, I, people are all around me and I just sit there and I watch the game and it's like, it took me a few games where it was like, I, I was just kind of realizing I'm like, man, there's probably people here, right. That need to know Jesus and maybe just me having a conversation with them and asking them, you know, getting to know them, seeing how life's going. I learned a lot about the, about them, you know, and one, one of those has turned into lunches, yeah. you know, and I wouldn't say we've had a spiritual conversation, but I'm, I'm hanging out yeah, with him, you know, to live life with. exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's, it really is just being intentional. And a lot of times our culture has taught us to be disconnected rather than to connect and be with, yeah. be with people. No, that's good. Well, thanks for digging on that first value. Let's kind of look at the second value a little bit and it's trusting God for the outcome. So here's a question for you. What if we fail as we walk alongside other people? Well, I, I think in our, in our world, I used to, I had a teacher who told me failure is always an option. And, and so I think we all, when we're thinking about engaging someone who doesn't know Jesus or even walking alongside people in the church that we're trying to help grow, whatever that is, Really, this value encompasses everything. It's everything in our walk with Jesus. We we are kind of failure adverse, so we don't like to try. Well, the good news is, as we th- as we think about what failure really means, when you think about following Jesus, and we talk about how the outcome is really up to God, not yeah. to us, is that our only failure is that if we don't obey Jesus. And so and and it's not an unforgivable failure because we all we all miss opportunities yeah. all the time. But the success is found in the obedience because it's just like in any any relationship or interaction is that we can't control a person's response, outcome, all of those things. We just know what God has called us to do and to be faithful with it. And you know, the Apostle Paul, I think maybe better than anyone understood this, if you think about it, is the Apostle Paul, he'd walk into a town, 
and he'd find some receptive people, you know, and yeah. they'd come to Jesus. And then he'd walk into another town and they wouldn't be as receptive. And then maybe some would rise up into a rebellion. Some would stone him. And so, but he just kept being faithful with what God called him to do. And chances are, we're not going to get rocks thrown at us. I don't think I, I haven't heard that happening. Like, I think we act like in our own relationships that that's going to happen. We're so afraid to like share our faith and just love people and really extend ourselves out. You would think there's rocks. There's no rocks. I, I haven't been hit with one yet. And so the Apostle Paul had a different mindset, and he understood his role. And that's why I wrote verses like this that you find in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9. And he was writing the church about this to, for them to understand their role in the process and to not take too much credit or one way or the other. Yeah. Don't take credit for the success. It's probably God. But also the failure, like... The outcome is up to him. And so he wrote, he said, I planted the seed. Apollos, who was another worker for God, he watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Mm -hmm. And so as we think about the relationships, we don't know if we're planting seeds. We don't know if we're watering but a lot of times we think we're the ones that make it grow, and that's just not true. It's it's God and God alone. Yeah, that's that's rich, and it it really takes a a mind a mind shift and a different perspective. Because when I'm trying to like begin a new relationship or walking with someone, I really want to see the results. I want to see the wins. I don't want to see the failure. But if I go into it knowing I'm just following God, and it's already a win. If I'm obedient. I let God work through me, then I'm doing what he's called me to. It kind of takes, it. I don't know, I'm just kind of relaxing my shoulders as we talk. It takes the weight off my shoulders of the result isn't up to me. I just got to be obedient to the opportunities that God gives me. Yeah, when I uh, I think about this, I think about a, a friend who I was in a small group with a couple years ago, and it was a group of guys, and we would meet, and uh, he said, man, I think there's a guy at work I really just need to share where I'm at in my faith. Yeah. And so, man, we prayed for him, encouraged him, and he went and he shared with him that week. And he comes back to group, and he's like, well, he didn't seem super receptive. Like, he was down, and I go, how many times in your life have you obeyed the Holy Spirit and you've shared your faith? And he was like, that was the first time. And I'm like, that's the win. That's the win is you obeyed Jesus and you did it. And you don't know, you might've planted the seed and someone else is going to water it, but God is the one that will make it grow. And so we can follow Jesus and know that it's really not about, I always say it's, it's weird to say this, but it really, it's about people, but it's not really about people. It's about the one we follow. It's all about Jesus. And and so it's like people are going to disappoint us. There's going to be disappointments along the way. And that's why we always have to think about who are we trying to obey and please and what is success. And that is found. Success in following Jesus is obeying his words yeah. in our lives. So No, that's good. So when you are walking with someone... Like, how do you help yourself from getting discouraged when just the results aren't happening at the 
the time frame that you'd want them to, or, or just the relationships not going like you had planned? You know, how do you guard yourself from those discouragements? I, you're gonna be discouraged. Because I think when you throw yourself into a relationship, you want what's best for them. You want to see things improve. The way, Maybe a better question is, how do you keep going? Oh, In yeah. the midst of discouragement. I don't know. Maybe that's a way. Yeah, because it's not, I thought, you know, I said guard yourself against it. To guard yourself, it means not to do anything, right? But that's yeah. not what God wants. So how do you keep going? Yeah, I think you go through the discouragement by, it's kind of like what I said, is understanding what really you're trying to do, and that is obey and follow Jesus. And if you do that, we can trust God that he's going to do amazing things. And he's not just going to do amazing things in the people. He's going to do amazing things in us. Is Nothing grows us to be more of a follower of Jesus than really walking with Jesus, not when it all works, and not just obeying God when it's like, wow, we've got this story and we can make a video at it, show it in church. No, the, the places where we've seen God work, and I've seen God work most of my life, where I followed him, there was discouragement. And it was a story that really some of them are, I was thinking about a guy today, I've been trying to walk with him for five years on and off and nothing's happened. But when I pray... He comes to mind, and I just feel like God's like, you just got to keep the door open yep. and be faithful. So my my uh, dealing with the disappointment of that is just knowing that, man, as I pray and I listen to God, he's just calling me to be that person when the time is right. So I've got to be near, and I have to have the relationship with him so that when he's ready, it can happen. And I've seen that happen in the past in my life when I've had those longer relationships with people, but it's years. And if we're honest, in our human, you know, we're not that patient. We're like, I'll give you a month. Mm -hmm. Seven years? Yeah. You know, like that's a long time. But yep. it's like I've got many of those, and I, I pray for them all the time. Yeah. So. You know, I think some people could could listen to what you're saying and say, "Okay, I'm trusting God for the outcome. That means I don't have to do anything. Like I could, I can just kind of do whatever I want to do. Like I'm gonna, God's gonna move. He's got this. I don't have to do anything." What What would you say to someone? And, and we probably wouldn't verbally say that, right? But but in our heart and in our actions and the way we live life, man, that that happens a lot. It's happened in my life. So, what would you say with someone? thinking that or, or acting that way. Well, I recently heard someone say that people uh, like to be a spectator. Yeah. So I've, you know, that's kind of our state. It's like, we would like to just say, well, I guess this lets me off the hook. But the truth is, is God has always partnered with people, which does not make sense. He, you know, the great commission is this great partnership yeah. of Jesus giving his mission to his followers and the Holy Spirit being with us. And so it's it's amazing. And it means that we have to be engaged. And so it's this supernatural adventure that we get to go with God on. Yeah. And, you know, I do think many times in our lives, when you sit and watch, you may get to watch somebody else do it. But you're not going to grow. Like, that's when the people look around. They're like, there's something wrong with my faith. Like, I don't know. I mean, I have people all the time. They're like, there's just something wrong. And I'm like, it's because you're, like, watching. Yeah. 
And this isn't a spectator sport, you know? This is something we have to be engaged in. And so God has always used Holy Spirit-filled people to do this. And, you know, in John 14, he said this, which I, I, I just love. He said, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And so the power of that scripture, when I think about sitting on the sidelines, is like, man, we are supernatural charged people because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So there's no reason to sit on the sideline. Like God, God, it's like a waste at that point. And I do think we waste the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives every single day by living normal, boring lives. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when he talks about us being a good steward, it's not just financial resources. It's the gifts, the talents, the times, the opportunities to be that Holy Spirit-filled person to go out. Well, thank you for digging into those last two values of living life with those that don't know Jesus and trusting God for the outcome. Before we bring on our guest, I just got a question for you. What are you listening to right now? Is it a podcast or what book are you reading? Um, Just what are you digging into right now? So many. What What I've been doing recently is I've been, I've read the book of Acts in the scriptures probably five times in the last three months. And some of it is I've just been um, trying to learn and even listen to God about, man, what is that activity that we just talked about? What does it look like, not for our church family, but for my life? And it's just, it inspires me every day. And so I've never read a book of the Bible like this many times over and over. Um, But, uh, Man, there's you see something new in it every time, and so um, my wife asked me how many times you're gonna do that. I was like, I I, I don't know for sure. It, I, yeah, it might be it might be a long time till I get it. So I, a couple years maybe we'll still be doing it. Yes. Well, really good. You know, one thing I love about this podcast and just an important aspect is really hearing real life stories and examples from people on how they're walking with others and they're living out these teachings and these values. You know, each episode, we're going to bring on a guest and share challenges and share the wins in these areas. Uh, Today, we're actually privileged to bring on two different guests today. And our guests are Randy and Kim Kaufman. And Randy and Kim, welcome to our show and joining us. And thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. It's so great to have both of you. And I've, I've got to know you over the years and you guys are, you've grown so much in what we're going to talk about. I don't know if you feel it or not. I always ask, do you feel like you've grown? And many times people are like, no, well, we've seen you grown. And so we're grateful for just this conversation. And so why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Like, what do you do for a living and different things? Kim, you can start. Okay. I've been a buyer for 21 years at the Harper Industries in Harper. So I get to spend money all day long. And, um, and not your money. Not my money. So I just, yeah. <laughs> so, but that has, um, I have a lot of vendors that I deal with, which has been the door for me to, to be able to share Jesus a lot in that, in that forum. We go out to lunch and we have conversations about life. And sometimes those doors just open right up. 
Yeah, God can use us anywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Randy, about you? Well, I've been in the construction business for probably 40 or more years. Um, I, I would call myself a home repair technician. Some people would say I'm a handyman. Okay. Uh, but, you know, the work has, has evolved to better fit my age over the years, and uh, that's what I do. And sometimes I just say I'm a humble carpenter living on the outskirts of town. And then I might add that, that I hope I have a lot more comparisons to Jesus than that. Mm. So Yeah. Well, I don't know if you know this, but you just made it on my list of, of handymen. You know, like if I need help, because I'm, I'm not one of them. So you're on my list. It's a good list or maybe a bad list that you're on. I don't know. I, I might be working in the area of consulting, too. <laughs> you know, I can do, uh, you know, over the phone consulting, whatever. Yeah. You know, you both kind of mentioned a little bit already of walking with others or, or trusting Jesus. And it's just fun knowing different personality types. And right, there's not one, it's not cookie cutter on this, but um, Kim, why don't you start? Would you consider yourself an introvert or extrovert or just talk through that a little bit? And then Randy, will have you share too. I'm definitely introvert, but, <laughs> but that's what I love about the differences in people. How do you do this or how do you don't do that? It's being introvert. I'm a great one on one person. That's, and God just brings people. He just brings them. And most of the time they're having a story that I've already lived and I've already worked through mm. that with the Holy Spirit. And so, um, it just seems like he just brings people into my life that he's ready for me to walk with and share my stories. And I just promised that I would. I told him I would share my stories. So, Dina, she, she said, said something. You said you're you're one on one. Yeah. You know, Randy, I kind of think would that describe you too? As you think about how God generally like connects you with people, is it? You're you're not the guy up in front of thirty people, like. But man, I've watched you like care for people one on one really well. I can I can do uh, probably five minutes in front of an audience, <laughs> but and maybe a little uh, not quite as strong on the one on one as Kim. But I do love it uh, when I'm riding with someone in a vehicle, you know, like riding to you with uh, to preach or whatever. And there's something that happens there, and I've had that happen several times in my life, uh, where you really get to know somebody, mm -hmm. and, and in a in a deeper level. Because there's some miles, there's some time to kill, and uh, it just seems like people are more willing to dive into the deep end on those than, you know, a, a short encounter. Yeah, yeah, that's great. that's great. So, so for both of you, I talked about it. Is I've seen you guys grow, both of you, a lot, especially I'd say over the past three years. It's like been an interesting progression. So maybe maybe you're looking at me and you're like, I don't feel it. But we all see it. So I want you to kind of think about as we the values that we talked about. Like, where do you think you've grown the most? And maybe what is an example of, of like a person that really where you really had a heart that you thought they were disconnected from God and you walked with them? I've had several, but one of my deepest ones was actually my own brother. Um, I care took my parents for years, and he wasn't very helpful, and we weren't very close. And... Um, he definitely did not have spirituality or have God in his life, but then he got a brain tumor and I just through having to drive him back and forth and visit with him. I just said one day, I don't know how you're going to do this without, without Christ. I don't know how, and I can't walk with you without talking about Christ because that's the only way I get through life. Yeah. 
And so we talked about that a little bit, and I sent him some information, and about a year later, he told Randy and I he was getting baptized, and that was something we never thought would happen. And so he did, and he still became ill, and um, but it was just so, I mean, Randy gets <laughs> pretty teary every time just to see he's he was a bachelor, no children, no wife, very recluse, very private, um, and just to watch him take that step and then have that connection with God as he walked through his illness was pretty powerful. Yeah, you know, both of you, through that story, you're both very bold. But what's funny is in conversations with both of you, you're always almost like you need to be bolder. I've always found that people who want to be bold never think they are, but your boldness doesn't come from you. Because just knowing the both of you, probably without the Holy Spirit, you're not very bold. I get pretty giddy with the Holy Spirit. My granddaughter said, every time that happens to you, a new story, you're just as excited as the first time. And I'm like, I am. Yeah. Like, truly am. And I think people will lean into your stories. If you're excited, if, if you're telling that story, how it really happened to you, and you're still fascinated about how it happened to you, people tend to scratch their heads and and so I, I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Man, that is a T-shirt. Oh, that, that is. This T-shirt, coffee mug, bumper sticker, like that goes on exactly. so much right there. Exactly. If, you, if it shows up, we heard it here first, all right? This credit goes to Ken. So. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, as we continue to look at this living life with those that don't know Jesus, like how have you guys done this? Some of the wins, some of the challenges, and you talked a little bit, Kim, but um, yeah, let's continue to kind of dig in on this. Well, I would like to say my wife has a lot of opportunity where she works and over the 20 plus years that she's worked there, she's come home with stories of one-on-one -on -one encounters and, you know, throughout the years, you know, it's ebb and flow. Uh, but when they come in, they're like, wow, again? And then later it's like, oh, really? And, and it could be male, female, age, doesn't matter, uh, you know, or, or even our grandkids or our unchurched children. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I said, well, that, that's her gift, you know. I've got my gift. I play my little guitar, sing my little songs, you know, whatever. I love my gift. Uh, so that's covered in our family. And so then this year it was, uh, she was picking out her word for the year. I, I don't know what it was, but I wrote down relational was mine. Yeah. And so I'm working next door at these uh, apartments that adjoin our property in Harper. And I'm working on this older guy's apartment, and we start talking, you know. And he's had some transitional moments in his life. And and uh, so we came, became fast friends, and I've since learned he's real, very personable and very easy to get to know. Yeah. But then but then he said, I wish somebody would take me to church. And I'm going, this couldn't get any easier. And I'm going. <laughs> Do the obvious, right? <laughs> Do the obvious. You can't see this on the podcast, but I'm raising my hand. I'm going, yeah, I'm your guy. I don't care. I'll take you your church, my church, whatever, you know. And so we started taking him at church at Pathway, and and, uh, and then sometimes we'd take him local. And then he was at Pathway one Sunday, and they were talking about they were going to do baptisms. And he said, I want to get baptized. No. So in the meantime, he, he connects with a, another uh, pastor closer to his locality. So we didn't go to Pathway the next Sunday. We went to watch him get baptized. And yeah. it, was, it was like, this can't get any easier. But it starts with a relationship, and I think somewhere 
in that process, I, he- I heard that small voice from God say, it's about the relationship, dummy. It doesn't get any simpler than it's the relationship. And so if I trace back to Kim, uh, yeah, that's what she's done. It's about the relationship. And that's what we were talking about early on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd argue with you a little bit. You say it starts with the relationship. When I heard your stories, it started with you coming up with the word relationship. Like it started with your intentionality. Like I'm sure you prayed about that and you seek God and God saying relationship for you. And then it started with that relationship. But I think sometimes when we struggle with this, it's because we're not intentional. We're not trying to see what God wants us to do. And, and when you dig into the Bible, the New Testament, it talks about the heart for God and the action. And and, and you knew that and you were like, all right, how do I apply this? And, and for you, the, the word was relationship. Well, and then a small gift that anybody can acquire is the gift of willingness. Yes. And that, and Kim and I have that. I guess it's something that's been easier as we age. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're not even that old. Though. But but <laughs> come on, come you're on, young. you're young, man. All right, right, come right. on. Yeah, I'm young. Uh, but yeah, some of the some of the best concepts are very simple, right? Like willingness. Yeah. Why are you guys? Why do you feel like you've grown more into that willingness? You know, you kind of said we've 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 done it more here recently, but why is that? What's the heart behind that? I'm aging, and I'm trying to play that fourth quarter with all I've got. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> well, that's good. good. Urgency. Urgency. You know, that is something that I think there is there is some reality why we don't do why do why we don't walk is there's we don't feel urgent we're too busy with our own lives so sometimes i think as you mature like you do understand that's what i'm using for aging uh, not aging maturing there you go you matured is you feel more urgency and we all should feel that and for sure this friend that got baptized he was his story was likewise too mm-hmm. yeah, that's good that's good i have a question because you two that we have this hasn't come out you know kind of it hasn't come out in our conversation yet, but both of you, when I think about living life with people who don't know Jesus, both of you have really stepped up because I think what I've seen in the two of you is, is to step into the environment. So the willingness to go where people don't know Jesus, they are all around us, but sometimes it's like we're like there's barriers and the two of you are willing to go to a place that not a lot of people will go, and that is into the Hutchison Correctional Facility where we're starting some ministry there. And so talk about that. It's like, what? how would you describe to a person to get past a barrier? Like, that's not comfortable. You know, eventually to live with people who don't know Jesus, it is uncomfortable. And so how have you pushed through that comfort to take that bold step to do that? I feel like Granny and I have a season, and I still believe God brings us. So for us, there started a couple of years, every time I came to Wichita, homeless people just just came up to us. Like it was, we just kept looking, why is this happening? We started asking God, why is this happening? And And it was more like, don't just give them money. Ask them who they are. Ask them what their story is. And so I felt like God trained us up a little bit that way till one time I was even sitting on my patio twice. I was sitting in my house and homeless guys came on the road like, and literally I took them to church and fed them breakfast. And you're just like, 
he just kept bringing these things up to us. So for me, street ministry and that type of thing is just, that's kind of my passion for people to find that Christ in them and to share those stories. And um, we just sort of kept going with that concept. And so don't you think it was about two or three years that that kept happening for us? And then we watched, a, there was actually a movie called Christ in You. It was about street ministry. We end up going to Wichita with a church group. And the next thing you know, there's a guy out in the middle of Seneca with a broken leg. And it was just crazy. And I heard go. And I, you just open the door and you're out there in the midst of it. And Draw the picture of Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, we just watched that the night before. And then he just places it. I mean, a guy with a broken leg in the middle of Seneca, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. And someone said, was, weren't you scared? I know. If you hear go, he set that up for us. Mm. He, all those couple of years, he was setting this up. And for me, the prison ministry is just an extension of, of that process of learning to deal with people. And then the prison ministry, it's like, I'm going to take these poor people some of my goodness, right? Mm. And it's like... And Jesus is God, whatever's going like, <laughs> joke's on you. Yeah. Because I get fed as much as, as I might possibly be feeding. It's, it blows my mind. And it's, <clears throat> it ministers to me. They minister to me also. You know, it's not a one-way street. So I, I think the overall message, and it's been there all the time, if you volunteer, if you go out, if you make yourself uncomfortable, you're going to be blessed too. Maybe you're going to be blessed in ways that you didn't even see coming. And I do get that. And it's like God, like not only gives you maybe the blessing that you kind of expected, the warm, fuzzy feeling. No, he, he throws other stuff in there. It just, it, and it can just blow your mind. And I think that could be in probably a lot of ministries, not just prison ministry or whatever. Well, the thing I think when I, you know, not everybody will do that, but I think it's such a great example of we all hit, we're like, we, God leads us to a point eventually where we're like, wow, there is a real barrier where I'm going to have to say to go follow God, I'm really going to have to do something that's a little uncomfortable. But it's like you said, it's like when the Holy Spirit tells you to go, it's good. It's good over there. And it might be the good that we don't expect. And I think, you know, I'm excited about what the prison ministry is going to do because I think it's like, it's a supernatural adventure is what it is for everybody who's willing to do it. But God has a supernatural adventure for us across the street in our neighborhoods and everywhere. And so you guys are inspiring in many ways to just say you're, you're following the Holy Spirit and doing that. When you so. see the synchronicity, the things he lines up, that's so fascinating to me. It's like, you know. Yeah, not a coincidence, no. right? It's, it's, it's God. All right, I see. I see you working, given the opportunities and I think there may be some kind of listening and saying, well, I don't know if I feel called for this street ministry or, or prison. And, and that's true. Not everyone is called for that. And I think one thing I've grown in in my life of of living life with those that know Jesus, I'm I'm a pretty, um, I like yard games. I like pickleball, which if you haven't played pickleball, it's one of the greatest sports out there. I don't, have you played Rodney? Yeah, you oh, played yeah. some. Oh yeah, I like, I like pickleball. Go. Yeah, yeah, it's a blast. You know, well, basketball, it's going to the gym, it's softball. So I used to do these different things and just stay in my own element. Like it brought me joy. It brought me happiness. I, I can do it. And it was good. Or even, even going to the grocery store. If you're a, if you're a student and go into class, like all these different things, 
I think part of this aspect of living life with those that don't know Jesus is not just going into it with the selfish mindset, it's that the kingdom mindset. So like for me, there was a time where I started going to play pickleball and I see the same people there and I'm like, okay, I got to try to get to know them. And then I started to do that. I'm like, hey, I, I did a great job. And I'm like, wait, there's probably another piece of this. Like I got to start trying to share what God's doing through me and trying to invite them out for, you know, whether there's coffees or lunches or, or one-on-ones to get to know their story and share more. And so, you know, the living life with those that don't know Jesus, it's it's living life just with other people. And and you can look on your calendar. We all probably have a, a calendar on our phone. Hopefully, if, if my wife and I didn't share a calendar, we'd have so many fights. So it, it helps us know what we're doing. But you can look at it and say, oh, I'm going to the grocery store. And then later I've got Boy Scouts with my kids, or I've got this. And just be intentional on those, and God will give you those, not coincidences, but opportunities. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's amazing to watch God connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and, you know, thank you for being a part of our family where you're willing to lead many of us as you connect the dots. And as I said, you've grown a lot. And that's why. You followed the Holy Spirit, and uh, and I'm 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 gonna try to be a little more notice notice the things that you're noticing, Kim and Randy, in your lives. That's it's amazing. Yeah, you know, I got one last question. So one thing we did is we brought together a bunch of people from different walks of life, and we asked them if you're gonna walk alongside other people, what what's holding you back? What would help inspire you, equip you, release you, and and these were people that were old and young and kind of new to the faith and experienced believers. And so it was just good hearing um, some of the questions they had. So each episode, we're going to dig into at least one of them. And the one I've got today is, um, what does it look like to walk with someone who doesn't know Jesus? And, and what are the different levels of walking with them? So there's different levels of investment and that, but what does that look like? What does it look like? You know, I always think it starts with... You keep your head up and you say hi. Yeah. Isn't that, I mean, somebody's like, how do you start a human relationship? <laughs> I generally start with hello and then just be curious about a person. The one thing you, that I think in my own journey that I found is if you do what Jesus did, is he brought value to people and he saw them and he wanted to know about them and nobody does that. And so as we begin the journey, that's really what it looks like. And then you pray that the Holy Spirit, he'll show you the next steps after that. And you may engage with you know, a lot of people and you'll find one. You're like, wow, it's like this. God wants me to go to the next level with that. Yeah. You know, you know, kind of when I think of this, I can think of one of my friends um, and he's got kind of a rough past. He's been addicted to alcohol and drugs and, and gambling and, and different things. And at, at one point, me walking with him on different levels, man, I was very invested. I was praying often and, and taking him to different places and to group and, and teaching him how to lean on the Holy Spirit. But then, you know, it's kind of a roller coaster sometimes when you walk with people. And, and we're in a season, you know, kind of right now that he's not as receptive to that. And so the level we're at now is about every, you know, I still pray for him often about every three weeks. I might send him that text to invite him to something or to hang out with him. But it's different levels based on a little bit of how receptive they are um, or really how the Holy Spirit's leading to. Because the Holy Spirit, you know, if it guided me to say, now you got to go all in on this again, then I would. And so some of it is kind of reading people and knowing the different levels a little bit too, but it's not, it's not cookie cutter at all. 
Yeah, Kim, you talked about at work. What about for you when you when you have those conversations? Well, I think because I don't get into sports and things that you can stay so surface level. So I just we talk about life generally, and almost everybody's going through something. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost everyone's going through something, and I've just had a lot of life experiences that were hard, and I. I just say, you know, like the one lady that I'm still walking with today, her dad, she learned he had cancer. And I just heard myself say, this is like one of the most holiest times you're going to have. Like, this is actually a God time for you. And she's, and I said, you have everything you need to get through this. And she said, that used to make me so mad. But then as we kept taking those steps, she, she started realizing I really did have everything I needed. Mm-hmm. But because I experienced it, than what I was telling her was from my own story. And so it was real for me. And those stories are easy to tell when they're your real stories. You're not just saying, well, the Bible says this or this. It's like, I were right where you were at. And this is how the Holy Spirit led me through that. And he asked me to do some hard things sometimes. And, you know, people have to realize that sometimes God's going to ask you to do something. And that's up to you, whether you're going to say yes or no to that. You know, I heard someone much smarter than me say this, and I don't know who to give it credit to, but uh, we need to turn our mess into our message. And and that's kind of, you said you've been through some hard things. So now you've turned, you know, some of that into your message as you're talking to people. And when we're vulnerable, man, it opens them up too, and then you can walk with them. Well, just today at the prison, I, at 17, had, I was violently attacked. And I ended up having an experience that God said to get out of this trauma that you've felt for these five years, it's about forgiving that person that did that to you. And I was real happy about that. So when I'm sharing my stories, I, I argue with God. Like, I didn't really want to forgive that person. I didn't really understand what he was talking about. I felt like I hadn't done anything. But then I did that, and there was a freedom, and then it was, now you need to ask for forgiveness. So when I'm sharing those stories, I can also say, I wasn't real happy about what God was asking me to do. And I kind of argued. And so I think it gives people permission to say, you know, this isn't just, oh, it all opened up and everything was great. It was like, man, there was struggle. And I was angry about what God was wanting me to do. And then they get like, okay. Um, so it was pretty cool to be at the prison when I had been a victim and that I could share that with this one young man today. And um, just that mm-hmm. God would even have me there because there was about five years where I I can imagine where I'm doing today. Well, I I just want to say I'm so grateful uh, for you, Kim and Randy, for you guys, just your your ministry that you're doing and just your heart and and just being willingness. I think that's the word that will that will stick with me. It's not the first time I've heard it, but I, I just love that being willing to to go where God leads. And I think that's something that we can all learn from and cling on to. And and Roddy, thank you for breaking down the the living life with those that don't know Jesus and trusting God for the outcome. I I truly hope that as you guys are listening to this, you're starting to see how you can apply this, how you can live this out in your life and in your personality because God didn't make any of us by mistake on extroverted or introverted or what jobs or opportunities that As we lean into this, I'm just excited to see what God can do through it. So thank you guys for being here and for sharing. Yeah. Well, make sure you come back. And next week, we're going to be digging in with the message with Becky Freshour and Andy Baldwin as we learn to seek others out. So thank you so much for being here. It's going to be a great show. We'll see you next episode.